Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know, we here at Cracked Rackets do our best to try and talk to as many people from throughout the tennis world as possible, try and offer, highlight as many differing perspectives, different backgrounds, because the tennis community is such a diverse place. You can talk to players at the professional level, the college level, the junior level, of course, coaches across those three levels as well. Then you start talking to members of the media, tournament directors, people who string rackets. There are just so many different paths. Pathways, different avenues within the tennis community that people can take. It's what makes it such an enjoyable sport, right, to hear from so many different diverse backgrounds, differing perspectives. It's what makes doing these Cracked Rackets podcasts so enjoyable. And that's why I'm really thrilled on today's podcast to be joined by someone who, again, is different than the normal sort of person we talk to for these interviews. He's not the flashiest name you've ever heard from, but he's a guy who's been around high-level tennis his entire life, a guy whose younger brother is arguably the most American, uh, most talented American male tennis player of the 2010s. Uh, that's his brother, Jack Sock. And of course, today we are talking to Eric Sock, the older brother of Jack, who has served as a, you know, advisor, hitting partner, friend, doubles partner at times to his brother, Jack, but someone who's got a prolific tennis career himself, of course, you know, by proxy, being around so many highly uh, high-level players, so many talented tennis professionals, uh, you know, that that sort of perspective, insights into the professional tennis world, into the day-to-day life of a professional tennis player, the sort of toll it takes on a professional tennis player's family, the sacrifices everyone has to make so that that member of the family can succeed at the highest level. Uh, it's a fascinating conversation. Of course, Eric, also a very goofy guy, a very funny guy, someone who's not afraid to take a swipe on social media at someone who's trying to criticize his brother, Jack. I've said this before. I've been blocked by two people in history on tennis Twitter. One of them was Jack Sock. The other was Riley Opelka. Never know why that was, but both of them have since unblocked me, so very much appreciate that fact. But it was great to get to chat with Eric again because he's such a fun-loving guy, such a funny guy as well. I'm pretty sure I was chatting with him on the way to the golf course, uh, which certainly added he seemed very laid back, if I may say, throughout the interview, and that's what made it so much fun as well. But again, it's a different sort of interview than you might be used to here from our Cracked Rackets team, but that doesn't make it any less more informative, any any less interesting, and I know it's a conversation all of you fans will enjoy. Of course, before we get to that conversation, I have to let you know that the reason we are able to have these discussions day in, day out, talk to so many people across the tennis world, is because of the support we get from our sponsors, and no sponsor supports us quite like our friends at Midwest Sports, because that's what they do. They support their friends, and they've been doing that to their friends in the tennis community for more than 30 years by serving 
serving as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers. They offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match and also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your front door. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. If you don't know what those skills are, you don't know exactly what sort of equipment your game needs, you can rest easy knowing that their well-trained staff are intimately familiar with everything from the tennis world and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect shoe, or perfect tennis clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. You can find all of these products, all of these prices, by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. Once you do, you're obviously going to want to order yourself up some gear. Know that you can save an additional 15% by using our promo code CR15. You'll also get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Our friends at Midwest Sports want to ensure you have everything you need to make your return to the tennis court a successful one. So go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Of course, you can look good, but you also got to feel good to play good. And that's where our friends at Aerobar come in. Aerobar focusing on the nutrition side of tennis, something that for so long was so underlooked and so, you know, pardon my pun here, underserved uh, within our tennis community because everyone hears so many different things, right? But a tennis athlete is different than any sort of athlete. They need different sorts of fuels, different sorts of things to help boost their performance on the court. And that's where our friends at Aerobar come in. And if you've been listening to our Thursday mini break episodes, getting to the point with Mark Aerosmith, with Andrew Golub, uh, you've heard how important nutrition and fitness is right now in the modern tennis game. Now, by switching to Aerobar, you are getting yourself a nutritious option, the right way to start your day, the only tennis-specific energy bar out there. And you can trust our friends at Aerobar to just to know that they're giving you the right sort of ingredient. It's not the fluff sugars. It's not, you know, I'm not going to even name those other brands, but those pseudo-energy bars. No, this is the real deal. And the best part, it all tastes delicious as well. So go to their website, aerobar.com, order yourself up a case. I know when Whenever we are on the road, uh, you know, even when I'm not playing tennis, I'm eating my Aerobar every morning because it's the way I want to start my day. You can as well by ordering yourself up some Aerobars. Use our promo code CRACKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. And trust me, folks, you will not regret it. It will be your breakfast moving forward. You're not going to feel bloated. You're not going to feel drowsy. You're just going to have the boost you need to get your day going the right sort of way. So Aerobar.com, the promo code is CRACKED15. All right. With that being said... Let's get to my conversation with the one and only Eric Sock. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us on the podcast today, you may know him as the former captain of the University of Nebraska men's tennis team. His brother, also pretty good at tennis as well. Eric Sock, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing, Alex? Oh, 
Oh, no complaints. I mean, at this point, I'm just missing being out on the tennis court. I'm missing live tennis. The exhibitions, though, have been nice. What do you think about them? Uh, honestly, I haven't watched too many of them. Uh, just I know that Riley won one in Florida, maybe. So that was cool. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, at this at this point, we're all just sports starving, right? Yes, we're so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, definitely. Um, and for you, I know, uh, have you been able to get back out on the courts? Uh, yeah, I have been able to, Alex. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have my brother in town the last week. Uh, and um, our friend from Omaha, <clears throat> Jackson Withrow. So the three of us have been out hitting some balls on the practice court. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been uh, quite a bit of fun. They're They're pretty good pretty good tennis players so it's been a treat for me um they're highly rated uh highly rated you know ranked rated tennis players so um yeah uh, enjoy um yeah. playing a little tennis here during the break yeah no definitely i how would you say because I, I believe you turned 30 this year if you have not already how's the game holding up uh, honestly, um, some of the skills are still there and, uh, the fitness, the fitness was not there. What I'm trying to say, Alex, is that the game's okay. Um, the game's, the game's, the game's all right. I, I've been playing tennis for 20 years, Alex, and I'm still learning, learning about, learning about tennis, trying to get better at tennis, seeing how I can improve the game. It's really a never ending process, I think. Um, as far as as far as trying to work on your game, see how you can improve your game, and uh, go from there. I've been playing for twenty years. I'm an eleven on UTR. Um, what are you bat- <laughs> What are you batting these days? Oh, you want to know what I'm looking at? Yeah. Ooh, that's that's a that's a good question. I would say, ugh, post quarantine. I mean, I've been moving, but the move the hips do lie. You know, I'm the anti Shakira. Um, I would say. <laughs> You know, somewhere in that, I, I I would like to think I could hit double digits still and be around the tens. I don't know if I could push eleven, uh, but I like to think the instincts are still somewhat there. I'm sure you could push an eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. And it's so different because you know, again, I know you played college tennis, and so you're from the USTA system. UTR was not something we had growing up. We were people, you know, for right. me at least. And obviously, I have a tennis podcast, so tennis was always a portion of my life. Um, but it was checking the USTA rankings, ten- checking tennis recruiting, and you know, watching to see which players were point chasing who so are at the top of the rankings. Like, that guy's not that good. He's just playing, yeah. you know, tournaments yeah. every weekend. Was that that's something you were doing as well? Oh, my gosh. You hit the nail on the head, Alex. I mean, junior tennis was all point chasing. And I think what UTR is trying to do is get away from that a little bit, maybe. And Novak would agree, I'm sure. But, um, um, you, know, you know, yeah, point chasing was such such a factor um, all through tennis for me from juniors to pros. And, uh, and it still is. It still is uh, the biggest factor in determining who the best player at the time is um for the respective uh levels of tennis so you know there's no lying in the numbers uh you know Novak's accumulated the most points um he's the best in the in the professional ranks 
whoever's winning uh, number one in the U.S. right now um, in juniors has probably got the most points collected, and that's that's you know a big part of it. Um, so yeah, there's you can't deny that the wins add up to the points, and that if you got the most wins, you're probably the number one. So. Yeah, no, without question. It's it's pretty simple math when it comes down to it. You're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious, you know, because, again, this the idea of UTR and, you know, the, comparing who you beat as opposed to how frequently you're playing. Uh, as someone who has, you know, played the pro rankings, do you think that would help people ascend the rankings quicker? If, let's say, you're a top-flighted junior and you're already a 14 or whatever, and so you could get into events based on UTR and not point ranking. Is that something? I don't know. That idea sounds a little fishy to me, but it, it's interesting. No, no. I think, I think Alex, it sounds like a pretty good idea. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that, yeah, any, any ideas or initiatives like, like that one that you just had there, Alex, to further the game and try to, you know, try to, uh, try to, uh, make it so that it's just not so far behind football, basketball, baseball and hockey and golf and maybe another one, you know, is just, is just a, a helpful for the, for the game and to, to move it forward to, um, cause you know, I think we all enjoy tennis and we all, like I said, it's a big part of all of our lives and, uh, to see it just, um, get a little bit, get a little bit closer, at least in the United States, for instance, to the big four or five, sports in our in our um country would be really cool because it's not as big of a deal as it is in other parts of the world but uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. i will not accept hockey above tennis under any circumstances just on principle <laughs> i mean you're right you're definitely right but that's just devastating to hear right yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so you talk about getting innovative and creative. A couple of ideas off of that. Obviously, I think I speak for tennis fans everywhere when we say we all, in, you know, adore seeing your brother Jack play in the team environment. It does seem to bring out just the best in all of the competitors in that moment. Whether it's the yeah. fact that there are times when it's laid back and you can be more candid, versus the fact that when it gets fiery and competitive, you have two teams against one another. Do you think there's a world where you know world team tennis exists but that becomes the future of tennis that the majority events become team oriented yeah um wow uh, you know i've definitely yeah that's a lot no 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 no, no. Uh, alex i've definitely thought about uh thought about how that would look you know imagine uh, a world like where you're on a you're on a pro team right and you're a part of the team as as a tennis player instead of fighting for yourself your whole tennis career you're on a team I think that's a big part of the unpopularity with tennis as well in our country is it is more fun to just be on a team um I'd say for about almost everybody (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah I've definitely thought about how that could that could uh you know happen at some point as far as like would we be, be would we would we be better off as a sport and a game um you know an industry to to um it seems like golf's kind of kind of not gone that route yet and i feel like they're ahead of us in some ways um so i don't know how we'll do with you know having teams versus having it be individual 
lies still, Alex, but that's a really good point. And, uh, I, I, I think there is a, there is a, um, you know, like an instance, maybe an instance where there could be individual tennis and team tennis and, and Roger, I mean, thank God for Roger Federer. Um, I mean, no, I mean, seriously, Roger Federer has been, if not, if not the most influential person in our sport, then, then one, then definitely one of the most influential people. He got the ball rolling on labor cup, obviously. And, uh, that's been a pretty cool thing. Uh, there might be more team things as a result. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. Do you think there's a world where, because you talk about the innovations, how, you know, it's great to hear the players talking to one another. Do you think they'd ever agreed to be mic'd up during a match so we can hear the swearing, hear the, man, this guy's a joke, like that backhand's a tree? <laughs> Do you think players would ever agree to that? Oh, man, mic'd up would be great. That would be cool. <laughs> I know that uh, there's some I guys, d- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, some players might get in trouble. Oh, yeah, there could be fines. <laughs> <laughs> These are all fun ways to get the chop going. And again, you, you played college tennis. You've been in the team environment. You've also played a pro event, and I know you got to play doubles in Atlanta with Jack, and I'm curious how that experience was in a vacuum. But I do feel like there's something about the team environment of a college match that, no, it's not you know 10,000 packed stadiums, but neither are ATP 250s. And I just think there might be something more appealing, maybe even a little bit more fun about the team event, the team aspect, right? Yes, there is. There's no question. There's no question about that, Alex. No question at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, for you, uh, you know, to transit, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, for you to get to play in Atlanta, though, because I, I'm sure you've played some pretty good places and you played. Uh, big 12 schools you played big 10 schools um but how, how did those stages compare to playing you know center court stadium court whatever in atlanta wow different uh different i'd say i'd say that yeah um a little taste of center court stadium court uh tennis is more um entertainment it felt to me more like entertainment than it did, um, you know, just going out and playing it. Like it's still going out and playing a game, but for me, it felt like there was almost pressure to put on a good show or something. <laughs> um, and it, and it, it, I don't know why, but it just it felt like it does feel like you're on stage a little bit almost when you when you play professional tournaments a little bit. And I don't know if that's what everyone else everyone else that plays would say um i know that back when we played uh when i played high school and in college and uh and junior tennis as well it just kind of felt like you go out and you play the match and that and um there wasn't this big like 100 people 200 people cheering and like living the moments with you almost um it was kind of like a strange strange experience but uh but uh, I, I love the experience. Um, one of my favorite memories is getting to play that match with Jack um, in Atlanta. Obviously, he's super good. And 
<laughs> a little bit more used to yeah no I and mean, he's super super good um uh he's a little bit more used to i think just kind of the the not spotlight or not um but just that 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 pressure so to speak of being in front of if it if it's a hundred or hundreds of people is um more you know just more eyes watching and uh so i think it's easy alex to play tight or play play loose depending on your own makeup uh when you get to the pros just like it was at every level but um i, I don't know it's a good question I, I think that i think that for all the um for all the you know accolade uh uh you know jealousy there can be for people doing pro sports i don't think that everyone realizes how much grinding goes on to get to that center quarter that center stage um like you know i think just you gotta you gotta put in a lot of work and you gotta um you just gotta like every day be trying to it's a 24 7 job and it's not easy and um I know that a lot of times, like, I know my brother makes it look pretty easy when he plays, and I watch and I watch that, for instance. Um, other guys on TV make it look really, really – and girls, too, ladies, guys, make it look really easy on TV. Um, they're working around the clocks to try to put themselves in a position to go out onto a court, whether it's a stadium court, a back court, a side court, to try to um, – try to play well that day and it's uh yeah it's a it's a it's it's fun i think that you have to really really like it at the end of the day um you know to try whether you're trying to get a pot you know whether you're trying to get a, a good podcast or whether you're trying to get a good match in that day it's i think a lot of work probably goes into it but mm-hmm. No, definitely. I mean, I know I have one skill and it's that I can talk really fast in a really short amount of time and get a lot of information out there. So that's my, that's why I'm like, podcasting is all I've got. That's all I can turn to. And, you know, you asked me earlier my own tennis experience and for our Crack Rackets listeners, we're about to hit the under on the over under of when will I bring up my club tennis experiences. Uh, but I remember we got to play in center court at the new national, you know, training center in Orlando. And uh, because, you know, it was the final as our listeners know um and so we were on stadium court and it's under the yeah and it's stadium court and it's under the lights and like the sheer amount of double faults I hit because I had never played under spotlights before and I just was (laughs) like I don't I can't see the ball I don't know what's going on it's the thing I regret the most were you missing them uh can I ask Alex were you missing them short or long or sideways you know? I missed him in the same spot. I hit the same net tape on four straight serves, and it popped off. And so I, I'm look. This is again the low point. And look, you can find these clips on YouTube. So I suppose I have to own it. But I double faulted three straight times in my last service game, okay. and like that was the last competitive match I ever played. And I was like, I'm. Du- I mean, we won the match because my teammates were really good. And you know, I, the key is finding good teammates that can carry you. Um, but like for it, it was just devastating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you. Anyways, I feel your, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, 
Well, I was just going to say, that's my long way of asking because, and, you know, not to ruin the segue, you brought up all of the hard work that goes beforehand. And if I could do anything again, it would be just go practice serving at night because I knew what time the final was scheduled for. And just to prepare properly, like to go out, hit those reps, do all of those things behind the scenes so that I'm ready for match time. Um, I, you know, I say this lovingly. I would say, and I have a little brother as well. And if my little brother received criticism from anyone, I would kill that person. So uh, I'd just yeah. be like, are you like, don't you dare like talk about my brother that way. And so when you hear people, you know, criticize your brother without knowing fully what he's going through and all of the hard work, you know, is that really the motivation for why you feel the need not only to protect your brother, but to respond and say, hey, you guys don't understand the sort of work that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, um, I, 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 I do think that there are people that really understand it. I think others probably try to understand it um i don't think anybody doesn't not under doesn't not understand it um i just i i think that you know because we're all we all are tennis players or have tennis in our lives in some capacity in some way in our in our lives um i just think that um you know for instance like when people are hating on jack uh the guy has accomplished more than me, for instance, uh, lots of other people would kill to have his career resume at this at this point in his career and for their whole lives. Um, I just think that I just think that res- I, you know I, I I think that trying to respect everybody in the in the small small world that we are in in tennis is important um, because I think everyone is is probably doing their best and uh sometimes it isn't your day sometimes it is and um and and i I just yeah i don't know about um about like just like it obviously it's not my job alex to to critique uh other other players or write about other players um i can see though how it's very um you know easy like like i don't think that anyone's trying to be super mean when they say say negative things about players like jack or anybody it is their opinion and they're so they're so right you know entitled to their opinion obviously and um you know and and we're better off for like a subjective view on things i I don't or objective view really in that case um there's no questioning that jack was a lot worse in 2018 and 19 um, than he was in 2017 and, and the years before that. So, uh, um, you know, he had a bad year mentally and a bad year physically. Um, and I think that he was starting to, um, you, were, you know, I, I was starting to see much better things out of Jack Sock this year than I had previously um and uh i think yeah i think i think tennis is an american tennis uh and um all of us as as tennis fans tennis players people in tennis would love would love nothing more than to see you know jack jack uh sock play better tennis and uh i'm sure it's not easy i feel like i feel like jack and nick Kyrgios both carry the the burden of, of producing for, uh, America and Australia respectively. So, 
I can see how some of the young young talent we have uh, in the in the sport are are a little bit um, expected to produce all the time, right? So. Um, yeah. No. I mean, without question, and and I think the biggest, you know, misunderstanding, the biggest misconception uh, about Jack, and I, you know, I'm sorry to ask you about him, because you know, I want to ask you about you, not just about him, but is this idea that he doesn't work hard or that he doesn't uh. want it, and you know, you can't be that talented, you can't hit forehands like that, hit serves like that, do the things he does on the court if you don't work hard, right? How big of a misconception is that? You know, despite the fact that the results weren't there in 20. 18 and 19 right uh it's not because the hard work wasn't there right no no i would say for sure alex yeah you're spot on i think mental mentally he was struggling for sure and whether it was expectation of playing at a number eight ranked players ability um every single time he played he played tennis uh was weighing on his mind quite a bit you know, to try to play at that level every all the time um, was a factor. And, you know, I know him and a couple other guys that are real talented. I see them putting in all kinds of work and, and they're not, <clears throat> they're not um, lacking in, in work. Uh, you know, the work that they're doing, um, like I said, I think it's just a very mental thing. It's uh very mental thing. I know in Jack's part for sure on 20, 2018 and then 2019, he injured himself very early in the year and uh, missed out on almost the entire season when you think about it or a big, big part of it. So um, yeah, I, it, I just would love to see Jack play better. Um, I'd love to see some of these other guys that are, that are my age or younger start to play uh play really good tennis we won't have we won't have roger and rafa and novak for the rest of uh um you know the 2040s probably but uh (laughs) but uh but yeah we'll uh we'll see where the game's at in the next few years um they've done such an amazing job those three of like setting really new high standards for tennis and um I think we can we can uh, try to all we can try to do is like run with it as a next generation or generation after that or after that um, with what what they've built for tennis. Um, pretty high standards, obviously. Um, lots of majors between them and consistency. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I, I can't wait to see where. Uh, the game's at in uh, 10, 20 years. Maybe, maybe it will be more popular. Maybe American tennis will be, will be up and will be uh, in, uh, you know, not football or basketball, you know, probably level, but maybe it will be, you know, on par with some other things and uh, just kind of more highlights on Sports Center, ESPN, and more things about tennis uh, would be cool for sure. Yeah, 
No, and I have just uh, you know one more serious question, I suppose. Yeah, for man. You, but yeah. on that note, yeah. no, I was gonna say yeah, on that sure. note though, uh, uh, you know, a fun take for you because you talk about it leaping, leapfrogging some of those sports. This is one of my hot takes. This would be a take if we're sitting on the couch, you know, doing fun things, just talking about football sure. uh, or just talking about sports in general. I'd say, what do you think dies first, Eric? Football because of the concussion concerns, or baseball just because it's baseball? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by that, though? <laughs> Well, because uh, baseball is dying anyways, right? Not to, I guess we don't have to okay. get into it, but, you know, it's the only league who had a, uh, the salary cap, uh, or I think the average uh, salaries of the top 30 players, the MLB was the only uh, professional sports league out there where the average salary decreased over the past two years. Really? Baseball? Yeah, which is not, not good. Wow. Uh, I would say baseball just, just football seems to still carry a lot of a weight in uh, ratings on TV, right? Um, there's de- there's demand for people to watch football. I don't know if there's that demand for baseball. I, I honestly don't. Well, I know there's not in tennis, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there isn't. I think that Serena is the most popular tennis player in America, um, obviously. Um, like I think as far as what people tune into when it comes to sports, I think Serena grabs a lot of the market share. Um, anyways, I I would answer base. I would I would answer baseball, Alex. I would answer baseball. Yeah, uh, as would I. I just think people are going to keep playing football until you know something truly tragic happens. And again, I'm a football fan, so I'm not trying to speak negatively yeah. about football. I just think, you know, it's something. To, yeah, not to, you know, I know you as a Kansas City fan, you probably love football now. Oh, man. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. It must be a good time. But my last serious question for you, because you, you talked about the injuries and all the things Jack was going through yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. And I know, you know, for you in 2015, when you had your own health issues, and by the way, you know, it's so great to see, you, you know, back in full stride um but you know he was there your family was there to support you be your support system and i'm curious for you you know for jack and his career because obviously you and your family are close what do you view your role as his support system and you know seeing what happens in the pro tour you talked about all of the mental struggles that in you know pro athletes uh, pro athletics involves you know what do you view as the importance of for pro players to have a support system to turn to well, uh, can't, can't stress enough literally how, um, important having a good support system is. Um, uh, you know, I think that, um, you get to the top of the pro levels, Alex, and a lot of players will have teams, right? They'll have, they'll have, they'll have, uh, like a big team in place to help them achieve what they need to achieve or what they want to achieve really. Right. Um, you're not going to find that much down the lower you go down the list of rankings, but included in that team, I think are the support systems for Roger. I know it's, you know, Mirka and maybe his, his fans, kids, a lot of his immediate family, as is a, almost every player out there. Um, a support a support system a support system is huge um, and very important. Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of a lot of players that uh, need need to have uh, need to have a you know some type of some type of like 
somebody to talk to or just just something outside of tennis right where they can have uh something something that they love something that they love outside of tennis because if you're literally just doing tennis 24 7 yeah you can go crazy pretty easily um so having that good support system whether it's your family uh your friends um other players you know whatever it may be it it's 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 huge um you gotta you gotta i think enjoy the game at, at every level but obviously um having having other people to share share the ride the journey with is is also good man also really good mm-hmm. no yeah without question i know for you guys in the sock household that extracurricular <laughs> activity is frequently golf um you know what are you you know who a i guess well i guess here's how i'll frame the question and this sure maybe where you swear at me what are you most likely to win on are you going to win on the tennis court or are you going to win on the golf course oh man for money or not for money uh, for money, of course. We're, we're playing uh, for stakes here. Yeah, no, not golf. Um, probably tennis. <laughs> um, probably. I think my experience factor is higher in tennis, so <laughs> I'm going to go tennis, man. <laughs> yeah, you you can get in his head. Um, well, like getting, uh, like Jack's head? Uh, or, I don't yeah. know. No, Jack's pretty mentally tough, and he's talented, and he's good. <laughs> um, I, You know, there's really nobody pretty – pretty bad at tennis once you get up uh 13 14 15 16 yeah that's the the big boy utr range right 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 the the what the what range yeah the big boy range the big boy range is uh another level man (laughs) it's another level (laughs) exactly well you know it's funny because i was looking on draft kings before doing this podcast and i noted that interestingly enough this is where we're at where they have no sports uh they put up the best man odds for jack's best man i know he is recently engaged i'm not gonna lie you're number two right now they have nick curios plus 250 eric sock plus 500 and then vashik pospisil a weird plus 1500 your thoughts on that Oh my god! I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I made that up, by the way. They don't actually have that on That's there. incredible on your feet thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, he's announced his 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 groomsman. I did get some honors of being best man, so that'll be fun later this year. Um, mm-hmm. I know that 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 uh that bachelor party involves golf, right? I think it will. I think it should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying, you know, if if don't forget that if you ever do the Jack Sock Last Dance, this is the place to keep the camera rolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good no. stuff. All things for you. Yeah, no, all things for you to keep in mind. But uh, no, congratulations, obviously, to you and your family. And I guess, you know, again, my my final question here as uh, before we wrap up, for you, you know, growing up in a tennis family to be so committed at such an early age, uh, I'm curious, you know, do you still love the game the way, you know, how do you manage to stay in love with the game, with the process of, you know, all of the grinding it takes to pursue tennis full-time? Wow. Uh, after, after, so after college, I, I, uh, didn't have the means to really go try the pro circuit very, very much. I think I've got two tournaments in, uh, after college and, and the way I stayed, um, active or stayed 
loving the game was coaching um, <clears throat> for a few years. And uh, I was able to save up some money to go try to play play tennis again. And uh, so really the answer, I guess, Alex, is like I've been able to play and coach both. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, both allow me to foster that love for the game still. Um, I will admit that playing tennis at a high level is about – something that makes me almost the happiest in the in the world honestly um now i know that that's not something i can do the rest of my whole life so i see myself involved in the game somehow whether it's coaching or something um definitely um what you know when i'm not as i'm not playing or when, so um anyways yeah, I've been able to I've been able to play and coach so far in in my uh, in my life, and that's how I've been able to that's how I've been able to stay loving the game. Yeah, um, so, that's so great to hear. Yeah. I, I I will sneak in one more question. Switching from the Big Twelve Conference to the Big Ten was that weird? Yeah, uh, it was. Um, Tom Osborne's a smart, smart guy, and I think he made made a good move. <laughs> made a really good move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that you get into the financials behind it. Um, no, that's good. I agree. Big time <laughs> yeah, place yeah. to be as a guy. Who, yeah, as someone who went to Michigan. Uh, no oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Wolverine. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I, you can hear it in the way I say my A's. Right? It's very eccentric. Cracked rackets. I've been told. Oh, okay. I see. I sense the accent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, can, meanwhile, Kansas City. Yeah, you guys get somewhere in between the A's and the drawl of you know the South. Yeah, not as pronounced, right, as the South, maybe. Yes, very <laughs> subtle. It's yeah, very much more subtle. Um, but I think that's a perfect place. Yeah, perfect place to end today's podcast. If they learn anything about you, it's that your accent is subtle. Um, right. But yeah, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and you know, anytime you want to come on the show, we'd well, you know love having you back. Hey, Alex, I uh, really appreciate it, and you're very nice for having me on, man. Uh, it was fun, fun time. Yeah, of course. Take care, man. Take it easy. Okay, you too. See you, dude. Take care. Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with Eric Sock. And again, it's a different sort of conversation than we're used to having here at Cracked Rackets. But it was great to hear from Eric's perspective. And of course, he is such a funny guy. Uh, it was a really fun conversation. Again, different than the sort of pods we're used to doing. But that's the great part of being a part of uh, this tennis community. There's so many differing perspectives, so many different conversations to be had. And that's what we try and do here at the Cracked Interviews podcast. So a huge shout out again to Eric for taking the time to chat. I uh, do want to apologize to him that conversation happened a couple of months ago and so you know we just had such a great queue of podcasts so many guests we want you listeners to hear from uh, but nevertheless really appreciate him taking the time to chat and he knows he's always welcome back on the show should he want to chat some more of course we've had so many great conversations here over the past couple of months at Cracked Rackets if you've missed any of them uh, you can go find them all on our website crackrackets.com we happen to be in Miami in Nicholasville for a couple of 
exceptional exhibition events. If you want to see those interviews live on video, you want to see my smiling face, but more importantly, your favorite player's smiling faces, uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you're never going to miss a new release. Super producer Daniel Westoff continuing to kill it day in, day out. And by the way, he has a of an editing job to do as always guys an absolute tank uh, but to ensure that you don't miss any of them because we're not exactly sure when will be released uh, when everything will be released and who will be released when just to get that automatic update you know you want to hear from the Stevie Johnson Sam Queries Mackie McDonald's Riley Opelka Shelby Rogers uh, Jeannie Bouchard CC Bellis's etc go subscribe to that YouTube channel subscribe to our Cracked Interview podcast as well uh, on the Great Shot podcast we're now doing our daily draft DraftKings segment, so if you want to get in on the action, go listen to those. Of course, we're daily on the mini break as well. We're rocking and rolling here at Cracked Rackets, all things moving forward. So again, if you've missed any of the content, be sure to go to the website, CrackedRackets.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all at Cracked Rackets. Uh, of course, you want to message me directly. I am at GreatShotPod, and we are always so thankful for those of you who actually do take the time to reach out, to offer us, whether it be criticism, whether it be kind words, whatever it may be. You know, I even like the criticism as well, so I appreciate all of you taking the time to do that, to like and comment, rate, subscribe, all of the podcasts, wherever you listen to them as well. It is much appreciated. Of course, we are also eternally grateful uh, of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use the promo code CR15 for our friends at Aerobar. You go to Aerobar.com, the promo code CRACKED15. Uh, but with all that being said, again, for our wonderful guest, Eric Sock, our super producers, Max Fleet and Daniel Westoff, our friends at both Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Oh, you have been listening, excuse me, to the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.